So, Reggae Jean Page has just confirmed that he will not be returning for Bridgeton Season 2, and judging by the kind of reactions that I've been seeing women have all over the internet, I came to a very simple conclusion that you don't even need that much quality to make content that appeals to women. All you have to do is get someone with good looks. And to explain that, I will let the soundtrack come in, then I can break it down for you. you guys to think about 365 days or 365 dni as it was being called in other regions it was a polish movie with lots of drama and well to be completely honest i barely even watched that much of it mostly because at some point i just couldn't really do anything but sleep and it's not just because it was a garbage movie no like i understood that it was trash and even the people that were recommending it to me were telling me that it was trash my issue with it was people were telling me that, oh, you know, it has amazing sex scenes. And to kid you not, at some point while I was busy waiting for stuff to kind of heat up, I honestly thought to myself, if I wanted a good sex scene, then I'd probably go watch it on Pornhub because it's a site that specializes in entertaining people through sexual scenes. And if I wanted something that, you know, is watchable by the rest of the planet, you know, siblings included, then I'd probably go and watch Power because at least they, you know, hinge on softcore porn and shit. Plus, it's very realistic. So to some degree, it didn't exactly make sense why it is that I was watching it. But the thing is, a lot of the people that were recommending that I watch this movie were women. And the worst part about it is, these women knew that it was garbage. They knew that it was a garbage movie, but they actually liked watching it. And no word of a lie, I did find that a little bit strange. Like, why would you watch garbage just because of sex scenes? But then again, I kind of did encounter that same exact situation with Bridgerton. I'm not saying that Bridgerton is a garbage series, I haven't watched it to really give an opinion, but considering how people are behaving now that Reggae Jean Page is not gonna be there for season 2, it is wildly confusing and it does kind of allude to the point that as long as there's a hot guy there, and there's very steamy scenes, then it works. You don't even need good quality content. You don't need to create drama and all sorts of things that people would do and like learn about in filmmaking school. All you'd need is good looking people having some very steamy and tease worthy shit happening. Which let's be honest, for a lot of us guys, it doesn't exactly work that way. Cause take for example Power, which I watched, you know, beginning to end, even though you replaced Tasha with another babe, even though you got rid of Lala Anthony's character Lakeisha Grant, cause Shorty was thick as a motherfucker though. Like, even though you got rid of her, like, guys would still continue watching Power. Like, that one I'm totally sure of, cause we actually enjoyed a bunch of things besides the fact that there were fine babes there. And after all of this, after this simple study which I only use two pieces of content, I have come to the very very simple conclusion that you don't really need to have very good content, you just need to have hot people there and make sure that there's some very steamy scenes in between. Anyways, we should probably start the podcast because I unfortunately don't have any steamy content but I hope it does appeal to women. So in typical fashion. Welcome to Breaktime on West Side, your number one breaktime podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. 
The man on the mic is a man who has not used steam in a minute. He is a man who recently included skipping leg day as a form of cardio. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex and relationship show. Where I go say something, somebody you suddenly thinks I'm misogynistic and somewhere in between, just somewhere, somebody thinks that I've spat a little bit of sense and just like that, you know, the podcast continues growing. Now, before I get into anything, I do want to start by making a couple of announcements. First of all, next week's Battle of the Sexes is going to be the final episode of the season before I go on season break. And also next week, Friday's episode of Tweet Street is going to be the final episode of Tweet Street Season 4 and Battle of the Sexes Season 6. And then I'll be going on break. Now, usually whenever I go on break, I usually like to do my collaborations with people at that time. And it's usually because there's a lot of people that like to say, oh, I'd like to hop onto the podcast and, you know, say something here and there. Some people usually say that Denver, you sound so good. Imagine if we had somebody else there with you. And I usually try to kind of make that a reality by doing the collab episodes. Now, that usually falls under the quote unquote holiday series, fan of a fan. And I did four episodes last time, but I'm trying to see if I can do a little bit more than that. Maybe stretch it to eight. We'll see. But that depends on who it is that you want to come. So whoever it is that you would like me to do a collab episode with, feel free to send their names. Or if you are one of those people that wants to do a collab episode with me, feel free to share the name and details on the DMs of at Breaktime on Westside on IG. And if you are on Twitter, it is at Bagaka the D, the B and the D are capital. Now, we should move it on to our next topic. But before we do that, though, there was a video that I was sent, which involved a very interesting question, which had a very interesting story behind it. So I'm going to play it for you guys and then we can discuss it for a little bit before we go to the main topic. So here it is. I'm going to cut straight to it. My girl's head game is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> it's honestly so bad to the point I specifically asked her not to do it anymore. Now here's where it gets interesting. For my birthday a couple of weeks ago, we had a three-way thing with her Ooh. best friend. Ooh. Man said during she gave me the Gork Gork 900 sloppiest of the sloppy toppy that's it that's up, can't up. Get any better. now am i the asshole for telling my girlfriend that she should introduce her best friend into our regular sex life so she can teach her and expand both of our knowledge yes without a shadow of a doubt you must be the prince of south africa that's all i know you're royalty <laughs> yeah because must be. your mind don't work like a normal person it, 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 if your girl was there while your her best friend was giving you the best head of your life and then you have the audacity to ask her to make this a regular thing she should have stabbed you in the throat <laughs> She should have stabbed you in the throat. Now, in my personal opinion, do I think that the guy was an asshole for doing that? Well, that would kind of depend on the kind of relationship that he has with his babe. Because in some situations, it could actually work. Because like, say, if it's an open relationship and you guys are open to having, you know, like a threesome plus kind of situation and you tell your babe afterwards... I think it could seem like a pretty good idea. Although actually now that I think about it, considering that it's the best friend and not some stranger, it probably isn't going to be a very good idea because there's this thing about best friends being the one that can make or ruin a relationship in a sense. And I'm not just talking about it from the babe side of the table. I'm even saying this from the guy side of the table. Like imagine if a guy would have a threesome with his babe and his best friend, his male best friend. Like, if the babe likes the pipe, it's like colonization by assimilation. 
Because it's like, you were given the little bits of it, so now you get that he's good with a pipe, he's better than your man. And now he's about to steal you from your man, little by little. It started with the strokes, then it might go to the eating outfits, then it might move to how he takes care of you and shit. Like, that shit can be mad colonization though. But anyways, world history aside, I do want to state for the record that just the same way I have said more than once before on this podcast that the whole phase is not for everyone, and open relationships are not for everyone, I will say this, threesomes are not for everyone. And even on top of the ones that are for threesomes, threesomes with your partner is not for all of you as well. Because when you kind of look at how threesomes work, there's an element of competitiveness that just having regular sex between two people doesn't exactly do. Like, when you're having sex with your partner and it's just the two of you, it's almost like a monopoly. Because it's not like you're busy comparing dicks and vaginas in real time. In a threesome, a foursome, like a group situation, an orgy, that changes. Because suddenly it's like there's somebody who could be giving better dick, there's somebody who could be riding your partner a little bit better, and suddenly just like that, it's like there's an element of competition. Which is why, after such an experience has happened, it's very common to kind of be in a situation where emotional cheating is occurring. Because even though you do care about your partner, there's this dick that you received, there's this vagina that you received that was so good, and worse still if it was from their best friend or just a friend of theirs, that's making you think twice about their game. Like, it makes you start thinking about, what if I ended up with them instead of my current partner? Wouldn't things be a hell of a lot better in the bedroom then? Huh? Or like you're hitting it and you're like, yo, I miss this laptop that this babe's best friend gave me. I miss the way that shorty used to throw that ass back. Shit like that. Like, some of those things are part of the reason why closed relationships and having a threesome with your partner are never supposed to mix in any way, shape or form. It's not even a matter of it's one is water and another is oil. One is water and another one is that black goo that's usually used for making the road. Like, they are not supposed to mix in any way whatsoever. Now, most unfortunately, we have a situation where a lot of people in closed relationships are trying this with an idea of quote-unquote spicing it up in the bedroom. Because clearly BDSM wasn't enough. Because clearly role-playing wasn't enough. They just skipped it and they want to try out the more spicy side of life. And they're extremely unaware if they can actually handle the spice that comes with it. Because yo, spicy food is tasty, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't come with any side effects. Like if that food is extra hot and you can't handle it, hell, your ass might actually end up taking a brunt of the force when you're in the bathroom and shit. And when you look at the people that they end up cheating with, they usually end up picking someone that's fairly close in their circles. Sometimes it might be a stranger and usually it's advisable to do a threesome if you're doing a threesome as a couple with like a stranger as opposed to your friend, but sometimes you find them picking someone in their circle. Then all of a sudden, you end up with a case where one of the people is emotionally cheating or there's someone else that is actually wishing that they had a chance with the other person again. And that's a very unfortunate situation. So ladies and gentlemen, if you know that you and your partner are not in an open relationship and you cannot fathom somebody else screen your partner and be comfortable with it, then I'm sorry, do not attempt this kind of threesome for the sake of the health of your relationship. But anyways, I should move it on to the main topic, but before we do that though... I know you're dying to continue the podcast you're currently listening to, but we have to interrupt your scheduled programming to bring you 
Sound Nation delve into music ranging from hip hop to rumba, rock to bongo, and much, much more. We shall review new albums as well as fresh singles whilst paying homage to the sounds of the past. Find our episodes on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast streaming platforms. So, moving it on. Now, over this past weekend, I happened to be having a pretty long conversation with Tracy from It's Call It Podcast, and one of the things that she happened to mention was that she had really wanted to understand how men's minds work, or at least how a guy's mind works, and she had a couple of questions for me. And while I did get to answering some of them, it kind of got to a point where I kind of figured, you know what, why not do this on the podcast? Why not put it up on a much bigger scale? where more and more women who would definitely like to understand how a guy's mind works can actually listen to it instead of asking again and again. So I decided to take up three of those questions and answer them in the same exact way a person with the mind of a man that thinks about sex would probably answer them. So thank you Tracy for your contribution to this episode considering that she did actually contribute everything on this episode including even the clip that I got for the rant. So. Let me move it on to the question. So first question, if you start dating a girl and you guys are vibing, then you find out she's not as you'd hope in bed, would you dump her? Okay, honestly, it depends. It depends on quite a number of things to be honest. Cause first of all, how much of a priority does the guy give to sex? Like probably for me it might be a lot, but there's guys that don't have that much of a sex drive and don't really give that much of a damn about sex. So for some of them, they might not really give too much of a damn, but for the ones that do actually prioritize sex in their lives and in their relationships as well, then it is probably going to be a bit of a turnoff. Now, aside from just the guy, it also depends on how bad this baby is in bed. Like I get it, we haven't said that she's pathetic or she's not, you know, anywhere near good, but it depends on how bad, cause there's levels to this shit. It could be a situation where the babe isn't freaky and you want freaky and wild and you know maybe you like BDSM and she's not into that shit and she's like you know down for vanilla only. Maybe in that case depending on the guy they'd probably be okay with it but for some guys they wouldn't accept it. There's also guys that prefer vanilla and the baby's all freaky. This nigga wants to make love, you, you want to fuck senselessly and because of that he might not you know want you that well. Although then again, we were talking about not being good in bed. So let's move it on to the other side, which is the worst side of being bad in bed, where it is that it's not that you just want vanilla, but you're pathetic at vanilla. That in a situation is very, very bad because it's like being a lazy Asian with a micro penis. You're not exactly helping anybody there. And in a sense, it does kind of make you very undesirable to a guy that actually likes sex. And I'm not even gonna get into that whole thing of, oh, you know, it's something that can be taught. Let's not lie to ourselves here. You can teach some people how to be good in bed. Some people. And you can usually move them from good to better. Sometimes you can move them from bad to good. But you cannot tell me that you're going to make someone who's really bad, really good in bed. It doesn't always work that way. Some people are just plain pathetic in the sheets and they do not need to be with someone who prioritizes good sex, especially the ones that are into freaky and wild shit. Cause those are the same people that will take the idea of BDSM and use it to cane you. Like they'll think they're practicing BDSM but they're actually caning you. So depending on the guy's preferences and the skills that the babe has in between the sheets, the guy may or may not dump her. Uh, next question. 
when you start seeing a lady, how long before you guys have sex? Hmm. Okay, honestly, it's never really decided. It's never really something that's pre-planned for most of us guys. Trust me, there's a ton of us that are all about the Chrissy Teigen, John Legend model of go and screw on the first date and we want to get it done as early as possible. By all means, there's definitely a bunch of guys that want to act all romantic and take their time but trust me, there's a lot of us that want to do it on the first date. But it's never really something that's decided beforehand. It's one of those things that we want to happen as soon as possible, but naturally and organically. Because if you try moving the pieces in your favor, a lot of times it ends up getting screwed up. Not unless if you know this babe cover to cover, which would mean that you're probably stalking her to some degree. Or, you know, maybe it's a best friend and you guys have known each other for years. But still, it's not one of those things that you really plan as a guy. It's never really planned from the get-go. And at that point, that's when we kind of go back to the whole preferences of the guy. So if the guy prioritizes sex, then he will want to bang as early as on the first day. If the guy doesn't prioritize sex, then he'll most probably be willing to wait. But I will say for your own self-benefit as a lady, if you're listening to this, don't try to drag it don't try to you know stretch it out for too long the 90 day rule is a pack of bullshit just go ahead and do it when you guys want to do it like when you know he's ready and you know you're ready by all means go do it then you guys can go and do other things afterwards and you know work on your intimacy because yes i get it delayed gratification does kind of help you know the intimacy and the bond that can be formed from non-sexual intimacy to grow and trust me i'm all for it but when you consider that a hoe, if you bang her in 90 days and if you bang her in 90 seconds will still be a hoe, it is kind of something that you should probably get over and done with very early on. Because if you try to drag it on as if it's some kind of prize, who says that this guy can't go and start banging other women while he's busy waiting for you? Like, do you think that that delayed gratification with you is really going to stop him from banging? Like, he can bang all sorts of other women, but if this guy wants to do it with you and you are down for it, then what's the wait for? Like, I can get delayed gratification is a practice that is very good and something that should be practiced time and time again. But when you kind of think about it, if you end up running into one of those guys that really, really love sex and you're not up to his bar or you guys don't click on a sexual level, then whether you guys did it on the 10th date or on the 3rd date or after 90 days or after a year or one hour after meeting up, if this guy considers it a deal breaker, then whatever it is that you guys were trying to have is still going to end. The only difference is, if you did it on day 1 instead of day 90, then you could have saved yourself 89 days of working towards something that wouldn't have actually come to fruition. So just consider that for a little bit while we look into our third question which is in the form of a clip so I will play it for you guys then answer it for you right after. I have no balls. Why are balls always the measure of a man's strength when we know it's the weakest part of your body? Also the ugliest. No offense. None taken. Honestly speaking, to be completely honest about this, if I'm to speak for the men and boys of my generation, the one right after and even the one before, to be honest, there is no real logical reason why we say that. We just say it because it's supposed to demonstrate some form of toughness. And to be honest, I don't know how far back this whole talk kind of originated from. I don't know where this statement originates from. 
But if I'm to take a very logical guess at it and kind of just explain why it would seem like a good statement to make, then I would say that you are only as strong as your weakest link. Now, technically, if you are very hard balls, if you have very big balls, you know, medical conditions aside and shit, then technically you could state that you are a stronger man because strength and size usually tend to go hand in hand, at least on the muscle side of things. So in a sense, that could be some form of an explanation to it. I'm not really going to say that it is, but it could be some form of an explanation to it. Guys just say this as a figure of speech and well, to be very honest, if you have tiny balls as a man, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. At least I don't think so from a medical point of view. But for the most part, you know, balls are roughly about the same size. But one is really above the other. Besides that, I really can't say that much about balls. Although now that I think about it, considering that ovaries are inside, what do women usually use? Do they use tits? Although those now have a varied size. I am quite curious to find out what it is that women use to measure their strength. Could it be toes? Could it be hair? Even though wigs can also be thrown in on it. Like I want to know. The DMs are open. On Instagram it is at Breaktime on Westside. On Facebook it is also at Breaktime on Westside. And on Twitter you can slide into my personal DMs at BagakaTheD. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And if you are listening on CastBox feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below and I will attend to them accordingly. And I will catch you guys on the next break. Take care. <laughs>